Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. God is so good to us, isn't He? He's so, so good. So good. We uh, so often fail to worship God when we come to church. We get so wrapped up in the things that we do and we get so wrapped up in, in the things that we have to do. And Oh, do we need to stand here? Do we sit here? Do we do this? Do we do that? And we fail to, to remember what's the most important thing and that's to worship God. Join with me, if you will. Uh, 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 there's a little course called I Exalt Thee. And it's just those words, I Exalt Thee. Uh, it's number 36. We're just going to do the course part. We're not going to do the verse. Um, and and just follow along. If you don't know it, uh, uh, just uh, listen to it. Go through it. We'll go through it once or twice. Uh, but we need to... Uh, let's just sing that song. I exalt Thee, I exalt Thee, I exalt Thee, O Gracious Father, Lord, we do pray that You would help us to exalt You as we study Your Word, as we seek to glorify You and to lift Your name on high. Lord, we pray that in everything that we do, that we might glorify You, that we might allow Your Spirit to speak in and through us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Turn with me in your Bibles to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. Now, we've got a beautiful church here. We've been blessed that 
that God uh, preserved it during the recent storm and Hurricane Michael has done a lot of damage. We still see churches that are still uh, working to to uh, uh, clean up the damage and there's a lot of homes that are still waiting to to uh, to have new roofs put on them and everything like that and uh, isn't it a wonderful thing that even though we did see some damage here it wasn't so much that we couldn't worship here uh, there there were some churches that were displaced throughout uh, the uh, southeast where uh, the storm was the worst there's places where there is no place anymore because they they just were wiped out. God was so good to us and and we have such a wonderful privilege of being here. This church has been here for 177 years and, and God has worked and has been faithful in this place. But when a church gets to the age that we are, there's some things that happen to the church that if we're not careful, we can get so caught up in being church that we forgot what it means to be church. Amen. I mean, we can we can think that well. The important thing is, is that we're here for Sunday school. The important thing is is that we're here for preaching. The important thing is that we're here for Wednesday night services or Sunday night services. And while those things are important, that, that those aren't the main reasons why we're here. We're not here just simply to meet. And we're certainly not here just to meet and eat when we have our times when we do come and, and fellowship together. There's a lot of churches that all they're about is just coming together and fellowshipping. Now, I, I uh, you know, there's some churches that have uh, uh, a coffee bar right there in the vestibule of their church and they uh, have a time where people come and sit and have coffee. And, and having coffee is a good thing. It's a good way to get people to encourage them to come and be at church. But it can you know even a coffee bar can get to the point where people come just for the coffee they don't come for church they come just to socialize and they just come to to have a good time and 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 you know it's it's a telling thing when we have something where we feed a lot of people and when we have something where a good time is had when we come together and it's just singing and and fellowshipping and having a good time boy we can get all kinds of people to come but that's not why we're here. That's not the main purpose of why we're here. And if, and, and if we're not careful, we can allow the programs and the things that we do and all the, the activities. Look, uh, you can even have a part, uh, it can come to a place where church can be about doing good things too. Now, good things are, are good to do for people so they can know the love that's in our heart. But if we don't tell them why we do those things, if we don't tell them, hey, the reason that we're helping you with this money <coughs> or the reason why we're giving you this meal, the reason why we're giving you these gifts or the reason why we're helping to uh, uh, re-roof your church if we do in disaster relief or, or re-roof your house or the reason why we're helping you with this or that is because of the love of Jesus Christ. It's because Jesus Christ Christ gave so much for us and because He died on the cross for us, that's why we're doing this so that we can share with you why Jesus Christ means so much to us. If we don't say those things, if we don't share those things, then we're just spinning our wheels. We might as well call ourselves Rotary or Kiwanis or, or Civitan or any other uh, service organization. We might as well call ourselves that instead of a church. 
Because that's all we've become. If we're just sitting there, if you know, doing good things for people is a good thing, good way of opening the door for us to share the gospel. But if we don't share the gospel, we're not doing what God has called us to do. We're not here simply... And look, there's a lot of churches that have failed to even do that. There's some churches that... I remember uh, uh, one church that I was a part of. They uh, This particular church had a lot of people that would come to it and they would say, well, we need help with this and we need help with that. They just basically blatantly told me, look, uh, if they're not a member of our church, we can't help them. And I'm thinking, What? How can that be that you would simply turn everybody away just simply because they're not a member of our church? But that was the, and I had long and hard discussions with the deacons about that. I had, a, I, I had long and hard discussions with God about that. How, what am I supposed to do with a church that only cares for the people that are coming? But look, uh, uh, even though we don't say that here at this church, we can have that kind of attitude even though we don't say it if we're not careful and we can have a uh, we can come to a point where all we care about is the person that we see next to us in the pew right now and we can come to a point where we don't care if we have other people come because we're comfortable with the ones who are here but that's not the attitude that God wants us to have that's not the attitude that's not why we're here that's not why God established us as a church God established us as a church so this church could be a light a beacon of God's truth in this community and to reach out to people who are lost and dying and going to hell so that we can be an example of God's love so that we can express the love of Jesus Christ and if we're not doing that then we might as well close the doors we might shutter ourselves and we might as well take the sign off the off the front of the church that says that we're a church because we're not being a church if we don't do that it's good to have fellowship with each other it's good to fellowship and come together and study God's word but if we're not going out and taking the word of God out into the community if we're not sharing the gospel with other people then there's no reason to come and hear the gospel week in and week out all of you probably have Jesus in your heart all of you probably have Christ living in you if you're not coming and getting filled up with the spirit of God and carrying it out to the rest of the world then we're we're just wasting our time at this church we've got to be about going out and sharing the gospel message of Christ we got to do it in love and the reason that we don't look there's some churches and I've been a part of them that says you know well preacher I know you have that harsh message about going and being a witness and going and telling other people about Christ but look pastor we pay you to do that for us. You're the pastor and you've been to seminary and you've been to uh, college and studied religion and you know all those things and, and, and look, pastor, we all work. We all are busy in our things that we do. And, and we just don't have time. But we hired you to do that. And that's your job. Let me tell you something. I, I, I know that's my responsibility to go out and share the gospel message. But look, I can't share the gospel the way you can share. And I don't know the people you know. And you can talk to people and share the gospel in a way I can never give and never share. And, and besides the fact that Jesus said, you are to do that work. That's not my job, that's our job. That's 
That's not... Look, you don't... Look, the, the Southern Baptist Convention with the cooperative program, that's a wonderful program. We pull together and we're learning all about the, the, the efforts that are done through our uh, missions this week as we have our missions organization meeting and as we uh, our mission celebration and, and all of that. And you're going to hear all this week about wonderful stories about how your mission dollars, the offerings that we take up to share in missions, Lottie Moon, Annie Armstrong offerings, these off- offerings that we collect, how wonderful job we're doing in spreading, uh, spreading the gospel throughout the world. But let me tell you something. The Annie Armstrong offering and the Lottie Moon Christmas offering do a disservice to us for one reason. And it's rarely ever said in the church because nobody is ever supposed to say anything bad about Lottie Moon and Annie Armstrong. Heaven forbid that we should ever say anything against those offerings because it gives impressions if we have something against it that, okay, we don't have to give to it. That's not what I'm saying. Listen to me when I say this. You can allow these offerings to give you the false sense that, well, if I give money to it, then somebody else is going to go do my job of spreading the gospel throughout the rest of the world. That is not what these offerings are for. That is not what our missionaries are for. Just because we raise money to, uh, to support our missionaries, it doesn't take us off the hook of going and spreading the gospel throughout the rest of the world. And, and look, we start right here where we are, right here in our community, right at this church. And we, uh, we have to be trained. We have to learn. And that's what coming to church is all about, is being trained and learn, having the Spirit of God fill our hearts and give us uh, and compel us and, and burden our hearts for those who are lost. And, and we have training wheels when we first come. We're supposed to go to the people that are closest to us, to our friends to our family, to those who we care about. And we have training wheels on when we're doing that because we know those people, we love them, and if we mess up while we're sharing, they're not going to turn their back on us. They're not going to say, I don't want to have anything to do with you. I'm never going to speak to you again. They love us. And so it's uh, uh, that's the training wheel period. Then as you get a little bit more confident, you don't rely on those training wheels. Even I had there was a period of time when I had training wheels on my bicycle. I was learning how to ride, and my parents, uh, my daddy, adjusted the t- the, uh, the training wheels so that that uh, if I was ri- uh, riding my bicycle like I was supposed to, I'd ride my bicycle, and the training wheels wouldn't even touch. They were just there. If I started dipping a little bit too far here, or dipping a little bit too far like that, it wasn't a tricycle. It wasn't. It wasn't that the wheels were all the way down, and I had, uh, and I could just get off the bicycle and it stand all by itself. It, they had uh, raised the training wheels a bit so that if I started to tip over, the training wheels would catch me. But if I was doing like I was supposed to and pedaling fast enough and hard enough, then the uh, the two tires of the bicycle was uh, what I was riding on. And once we get a little bit past the training wheels, they're still on there. You start talking about uh, Jesus with those people that you're influenced with, people at work, people that you know and that you've known for a long, long time, people that are close friends of yours that, that again, as you're still telling them about Jesus Christ and you're still learning, 
They're forgiving. They are patient with you. They know uh, that you love them and care about them and that you're sharing with them because you care about them. Then you have the train wheels take off. Then we start doing missions work around our community. We go out into the neighborhoods and we've done some of that. And we've we've gone out and given you know watermelons this past summer and, and told people, look, we just want you to come and be a part of our fellowship. We want to share with you. the. Uh, we just want to tell you that we love you and that God loves you and here's a watermelon. That's a wonderful thing to do, to start getting out into the community and start uh, taking those training wheels off a little bit. Then we get to where we're, uh, you know, pretty good. We're novice and and we're going out into it a little bit further out in our community. But the idea is, is that we're missionaries right here. We've got to start right here, right now, and, we, and we've got to work towards sharing the gospel message. That's what Jesus says in Mark chapter 1. <coughs> Verse 15, he says, Jesus said, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. So Jesus began the, the, uh, the time in which the gospel was to be shared when he came. Now, as he was walking through the, by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. And straightway they uh, forsook their nets and followed him. And when he had gone a little farther thence, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were also in the ship, mending their nets. And straightway he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the ships with hired servants and went after him. Uh, so, And then uh, Mark continues on and shares about uh, the calling of each of the disciples. But let's just start off with, with these four. These two sets of brothers. They were in their father, uh, their family businesses of being fishermen. And Jesus comes to them and He says, Look, uh, you are fishers... Uh, uh, y'all, you are fishermen, but I'm going to make you fishers of men. Come and follow me. And look, if you haven't already figured it out, we're in the fishing business. We're not in the church business. And there's a lot of people that want to run the church like a business. But we're not in the business of being a church. We're in the business of fishing. We're in the business of fishing for men and women and children. We're in the business of reaching out to people and casting the net, casting the uh, 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 line out to, to reach those who are lost. And some of you know are good fishermen. Some of you know how to fish. Look, if my life depended on it, I couldn't come up with a fishing pole in my house. I'm not a fisherman. I've, not, uh, I've gone fishing a couple of times. But look, when I was growing up, my daddy's whole idea of being a fisherman was that little Ronco fishing thing where he ordered one for me and it was a little pocket fisherman where you pull it out and you flip up the the uh, the rod uh, the rod was this long and and you could throw it out there and and basically you're pretending to be a fisherman you could probably in a pinch catch something with that thing but it was just a joke it wasn't a real it was not a real fishing uh, rod and reel it, it just wasn't it, it worked like one it kind of looked like one but it really wasn't one and we went to a local pond that somebody had on their property and, and they let us do a little fishing. And that kind of sufficed it for me to where I knew I wasn't a big fisherman. Uh, I, I, I'm not a big fisherman. I don't have the patience to sit there and do nothing and sit and look at the water. 
I never knew what they were looking at until I was an adult. Why are you staring at the water? It's just water. It's not doing nothing. I didn't know you were looking for little uh, uh, signs of fish being in the water and, and movement and, and, and fish biting at, at insects and th- things that were landing on the, on the water. Maybe I'm getting it wrong even now. But, I, uh, but look, uh, I don't know the first thing about fishing, fishing but look, you are. And, and that's just it. I can't go and talk to somebody about being a fisherman because I, I ain't one, okay? But I can go and talk to somebody about uh, computers. I love computers. I know a lot about computers. I can talk to them uh, for a while at least about computers. Or I, I enjoy uh, uh, photography. I, I know a lot about photography. I, uh, I do a little bit by dumb luck, but... but uh, I know enough about it where I can talk to somebody about it and I can go and that's and let me tell you something we're all called to be fishermen whether you know it or not you're a fisherman and I know one thing about fishing when you go fishing you don't just throw a hook in the water do you do you let me make sure I don't know for sure do you just throw it if I went and got some fishing line and a pole an old cane pole and put it on the end of the fishing uh, the fishing line on the end of the cane pole and I was to go out here to one of these little ponds and I was to take a hook and put it on the end and throw it in the water would I get anything? Not likely, right? Not likely. Well, first you got to have a hook, don't you? You got to have a hook to be able to get something. And all of you and I are hooks. We're the hooks to bring people in. We're the fishermen, we, we have the hook. But you got to put something on that hook, right? you got to have a bait. Now, my bait is being able to talk to some people about just about anything. Uh, even, and and as, as a, I, when I was little, I, I could sell newspapers and, and uh, I sold the grit newspaper and I had to sell uh, each paper anew every time. I had four or five people that were regular people at the places I'd go to sell the newspaper and they would always buy one. But for the most part, every sale was a new sale. And that was hard a lot of times to sell. But it it taught me how I can talk to people and it taught me how to look at things and to see things that other people don't see. And I can go and I can talk to, I can talk to a stump and get a response just about. And I can talk to people about things. But that's my bait. I'm able to do that. Your bait might be you can talk to somebody about fishing. Or your bait might be you can talk to somebody about manufacturing uh, widgets or whatever it is that you did and, or being in the military or be being uh, this or that or the other. Whatever it might be. God's given you a personality. Everything that you like. Everything, and we heard a little bit about this last night in terms of, of starting missions you know, within our church, but this is breaking it down even a little bit further. God's given you talents. God's given you abilities. God's given you uh, a personality. If you like trains and you like model trains, then guess what? God's given you that desire and that like in order to talk to somebody else about model trains and, or, or about actual trains and about seeing those trains and about uh, how those trains work and about how the pow- they get the power to pull those humongous loads or maybe you like uh, um, uh, uh, you might like uh, uh, 
the Philadelphia Eagles are, are in football, and, and God's giving you that like of that football team so you can use that as a way of talking to somebody else about football or about Philadelphia Eagles or about uh, the Dallas Cowboys or about the, the uh, 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 Atlanta uh, Falcons or whatever it might be. Uh, God's giving you that like, that enjoyment for a reason. It's so you can speak with other people. That's the bait. But look, there's one more thing that you have to understand. I'm not going to find any fish if I sit in my den, am I? I might find that old plastic thing that sings every time I walk by, uh, start singing uh, that that uh, 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 well, the bass, whatever it is. It, that might be the only fish I find if I stay in my den. I don't have one of those, by the way. Uh, I'm just saying it right now. I don't have one of those. But look, if you stay in your den at your home, and if if you come home at, at the end of the day and you close the door, and look, I understand work is hard. I understand that you're, you're, the things you have to do is difficult. And for a lot of people, their desire is, is to get home, fix supper for their family, and collapse until it's time to go to bed. I understand that. But guess what? I know for uh, without a shadow of a doubt, some of you go out to eat every once in a while. I know with and look my family goes out even less than everybody else but at least we do every once in a while once a blue moon we get enough money to be able to go out and get something to eat even if it's just Hardee's or chicken tracks or anything else you go sometimes somewhere those are opportunities to to cast the net those are opportunities to throw your hook in the water uh, you go at times to uh, up to Thomasville to go to Lowe's or you go out to Albany to go to the mall or, or whatever. Look, those are opportunities, not just simply to do those things that you have to do, but those are opportunities to throw your hook in the water. God's given you those opportunities to serve Him. And, and listen, I know, you, uh, I know you're busy when you go do those things, but what has living in the country taught us? When we go somewhere, we don't go just for one thing. You go to Camilla, you don't go just for Walmart. You go to Walmart, you go to the post office, you go uh, to uh, City Hall, you go and you, or, or the county courthouse. You, you go to about five different things. Why? Because you're making an effort to go all the way over to Camilla to do that. Or when you go to Albany, you don't go just to go to Lowe's or to to uh, Home Depot. You're going up there to to that. You're going to this place and that place. You might go out to eat while you're there and all that kind of stuff. You go for multiple things. Then why not use every opportunity that God puts before you to throw your uh, to throw your hook in the water? Why not use every opportunity that God gives you to to cast the net? to cast your line into the waters. God's called us all to be fishers of men. Not just these four guys, not just the disciples, all of us. You want to know how I know that? Well, look, at the end of His ministry, one of the last things that Jesus says is found in the book of Acts. Right as he is ascending into, I mean, it's it's almost as if he's saying it 
from the cloud going up into being as He's ascending into heaven. He says to us, But ye shall receive power, and after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, Judea, and all of Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Acts 1.8 Jesus says as He is ascending into heaven, just because I'm leaving doesn't mean the job's done. Just because I'm leaving doesn't mean that the work is complete. The work is just beginning. You and I have graduated to the point where we're not, it's not Jesus alone that's here. It's Jesus and all of us who are here to spread the gospel. We're not being a church if we're not casting our line into the water, if we're not being fishers of men, if we're not going and spreading the gospel to our Jerusalem, to Judea and Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. You and I, every time you hear a missionary this week, just remember that you and I are missionaries too. We're missionaries here, and we're missionaries wherever God takes us. And guess what? If you don't want to, you don't want to be a missionary. Challenge God. Say, God, just point out to me every opportunity that you give me to, to spread the gospel. And good, listen, you'll regret saying it because good, uh, you'll wind up going to all kinds of places, and God will keep burdening your heart for every one of the people that he that he puts before you. And He'll create times where you'll maybe break down on the side of the road, or you might have to go uh, to the doctor that you didn't expect to have to go to, or you might have to go and visit somebody that you didn't expect to have to visit. But guess what? God, as you're going, God will say, hey, hey, guess what? Remember that thing you prayed about? Oh, this is one of them. This is a time. This is a place where I expect you to be a fisher of men. We're called to be fishers of men. And that is what... It should be on our, our church covenant. And it, it is in, in, in essence in our church covenant. We're, we're here not just simply to fellowship. We're here to spread the gospel. We're here to, to spread the word of God. We're here to give Jesus Christ our all to be fishers of men. Let's pray. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we pray that you'd help us to be serious about the reason that we're here.